welcome everyone to the Rugby Muscle Podcast monthly live Q&A edition. Today is February the 10th. The idea is to do these live Q&As on the second Friday of every month. This is obviously the February edition. For those that were paying attention, we're in February already in 2023. I do not know where the bloody hell the time has gone, but we are here in February doing the Q&A. So let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast. My name is TJ. I am the host of the Rugby Muscle Podcast. I'm the guy behind Rugby Muscle. I am a strength and conditioning coach and certified, uh, I was going to say dietitian. I ain't a dietitian. I'm a certified nutritionist who specializes in working with amateur rugby athletes not just the professionals i do have a couple professionals on the semi-professionals but that's neither here nor there the specialty comes from the um amateurs that i work with and so if you are an amateur rugby player and want to know how to get the best from your training from your strength and conditioning from your nutrition here is the place because you're not going to be learning and you're going to be doing the same things that professionals do so this podcast is designed to answer the more a little bit more in-depth questions. I will go on a little bit rant, I think, a little bit later about how to ask better questions. I think this is really important and it's important for your understanding of how strength and conditioning for rugby works and how strength and conditioning and fitness in general works. Because I think that's really important. I think you've been misled and you're down this path that you a lot of people won't ever actually get to the end of so they'll never get the results that they want and i want you to get the results i really do care about that so hopefully i can help you in today's episode and if i am helping you if you if you appreciate the content always smash the thumbs up button and of course comments either on the live feed or if you're asking a question on the live feed those questions will get answered and if you are if you ask a question in the comments later they'll get answered in the next monthly q a as long as we keep going through them that is my pledge as, as long as i can i will try my best and, and this is a system i'm using at the minute is along with topics that i think are really important as long as they're good questions and and i haven't already answered them i'll continue to keep answering the questions in future youtube videos so Always, if you have any confusion, any questions about this stuff, pop a comment in below. You know, goodwill for good vibes and obviously for the algorithm. So let me pull up today's questions from that I've that have been pre-prepared. So I asked on the uh, emails, I asked on the community tab in YouTube, and I asked on our Rugby Muscle Athletes Facebook page where this is also being streamed live so the first question we have here we have one from zach who says split stance single arm dumbbell push press so he's commented on that video and he said what kind of sets and reps would you benefit from so this is one of those bad questions it kind of works out no matter what i think split stance push press is definitely a power movement power movements like we're not worried about the sets we're worried about the reps right you don't want to be doing power movements for anything more than say five or six reps unless you're doing and that's a completely different thing in this as you start to understand this stuff you realize that all this stuff is bloody complex unless you're doing sort of repetitive power which is more about moving than it is power and you know you wouldn't do this with a single arm push press you do this with jumps and stuff so for power work in general you want to do stuff less than five reps for this split stance single arm push press definitely would agree if you don't know what a split stance single arm push press is 
type it in YouTube. I do believe I have an exercise guide on it or a YouTube short on it. If not, I do have an Instagram post, but I haven't been checking my Instagram for a long time. It's basically where you put one foot in front of the other. So you're in a split stance, like a sort of a semi lunge. And then the, the opposite arm to the arm that's forward will be pushing. And it really allows to a, a quality drive. It's definitely a, a movement I would recommend. And yeah, that's, that's that. Next question. What does the training process mean? So the training process is basically everything. And it, and you're told, you're not really told about it because if you, people are fearful that if you're told about actually, I'll tell you what it is is that people don't know about it. People don't know what they're selling. They just sell stuff and they just tell you to do stuff. And I think if you just do enough stuff, then you're going to get results. And they don't think about the process They because they've never had to think about the process. Most fitness people just do stuff and they get into either like really good shape because they're in, they have phenomenal genetics or they get into okay shape from being like from having terrible habits before. And they think they found a solution None of that stuff is training. That's just doing stuff. The training process is actually, I just commented uh, earlier on a, a, a different video from last week to my favorite troll, Dean, who said, who, who commented about the said principle, which is science is about the science of training. It's specific adaptations to impose demands. That essentially is the training process, right? So you give yourself a stimulus your body, you know, you give yourself enough of a stimulus that your body usually, not always, it doesn't always happen, but more often than not, your body like goes through a little period of weakness where it is fatigued and it breaks down. It then says, okay, this stimulus broke me down to a certain extent. Now I need to come back up and be prepared for that stimulus that might come again in the future. So it builds back a little bit stronger. That is the training process. That is what you do when you want to gain size. You don't trick the muscle into putting on size. The training process isn't the muscle, the, the body going, Ooh, this is surprising. I bet I guess I gotta grow. I bet, I bet I guess I should grow muscle. That's not how it works, right? Same thing for sprinting. Like you don't go through ladders and then go, Oh, look at these ladders. This is fast. Oh, I better get faster. No, you sprint and your body says, Oh, okay. I've got to sprint away from threats or I've got to sprint to catch up with food or I've got to sprint for whatever purpose, right? Body doesn't give a shit about the purpose, but it says, Oh, I'm sprinting. I better try and figure out my, you know, my, my neuron patterns. I want to, I want to fire better and I want to be more explosive so I can sprint faster in the next time. And so then when you go back to specific sprinting, you do it again. And the more specific you get, the more specific your outcomes. Obviously for rugby, it's hard to get specific because outside of like playing rugby, doing rugby training, because a lot of the things that you want to do are to become generally, generally better. So you want to become generally stronger. Okay. Because being generally stronger is going to help you in multi and loads of different facets of your game. Also, if you're generally stronger, you're, you know, it's easy. Or if you're, if your goal is to get generally stronger, it's much easier to train for that rather than train specifically just to get really good at, I don't know, a certain type of ruck, right? Because that ruck is only that specific situation. Whereas if you get generally, generally stronger, you're improving all different ruck situations. You can still work the skill of rucking. You can still what the skill of tackling. You can still become more effective all around the pitch because you are stronger in those aspects. And, and that training process will bleed into all the different aspects. So I, I still stand by the how to program 
your or how to create a rugby training program playlist that is on our YouTube channel. Like, it's not what people want to hear. People don't want to sit through, you know, four to five videos that really outline exactly, and you have to think about this stuff. And understandably so. That's why I do what I do. That's why I coach as part of rugby. But if you do want to, but if you do want to understand like the ins and outs as to how to structure a training program. I'd recommend that video. And what I'll do is I'll put it in the description below or in the description of the, the podcast version of this or the podcast version of this podcast. You get the point because this is a streaming live right now. Hope we're all doing great, by the way. And also I, I should mention right now, I already kind of mentioned it. The biggest part of Rugby Muscle right now is the elite one-on-one coaching that we do. This is your opportunity to work one-on-one with me. So rather than just me answer some questions and you figure it out for yourself and you figure out how that applies to your training or you try and apply it to it, you you stop the guesswork. You have me in your corner figuring out all of that step, all of that stuff. You you know go into the gym and you go into the kitchen knowing exactly what you've got to do and knowing that if you have any confusion you can just ask me and we'll figure it out but for the most part you've everywhere you go you've got a game plan you know how to execute you continue to execute week on week on week and by that time I get to know you better I get to know what works for you better and more more important than not is you get to figure out all you know how the majority of the stuff that you're doing ends up being fluff and how it actually is really fucking easy to get in phenomenal shape it's just that we tend to really try and overcomplicate things in our head because we're looking for the one answer and i think actually that that then segues perfectly into that rant that i said about going on this is a problem that i see a lot of the time with people is that they they ask the wrong questions because they they want an answer of yes or no right they they or they want an answer of as what is what is good and what is bad and they want the answer of the, the one thing that's going to be good so they don't they are very fearful of all the other things that they could be doing or all the things that they are doing that are bad that are wasting their time that aren't perfect because there's one thing that they could do that could be perfect that would get them significantly better results than if than if they did you know, any of the other hundreds of options that you have when you step into the gym or when you go onto the field to do your conditioning. Reality is most of the time, that's not the case. There's always going to be nuances. I, I'm a firm believer in that. I'm a firm believer, and that's why I do this podcast, right? There's a, there's lots of different situations and there's lots of different scenarios where you could justify lots of different modalities of training. Everything, to an extent, works but you have this is where you have your situations this is where you have your nuances and this is where you have your different tools for your different jobs like if you said to me oh how good of a tool is a hammer i'd say yeah it's decent how good of a tool is a hammer for screwing in some screws now it's not a very good tool for that so you know th- that's that's where the situations become a lot more specific and then when we're talking about strength and condition we get even even further because there are lots of ways to really solve this and you know i think I think you've got to understand that. It's like, I I heard it recently on, I think it was Jocko Willink podcast, the barometer story. Does anyone know about this? This is where there was a guy who, basically he administered tests in like college campuses and he had people, had I think it was just one student, was appealing to him because the question was, let me look at the, let me look at the, let me find the question. 
Once I find the question, we can get into this. So here we go. I found the barometer in question and I found the barometer in questions question. So it was a guy called Calandra and it's Calandra's barometer. And so the idea here is that he asked the, the question was, well, the idea is that this is a poorly designed question because the question on the test was, or the question on the test anticipated one correct answer. And, and evidently enough, that didn't happen. I can't, why can't I re- find the actual question? You, internet is useless for finding, I mean, this is exactly what I'm talking about, right? It's very difficult. To, okay, here we go. So the question asked, how show how it is possible to determine the height of a tall building with the aid of a barometer and the answer that they're expecting was that the height of the building can be estimated in in proportion to the difference between the barometer reading at the bottom of the building and you go to the top of the building you read the barometer reading there and you you get the difference between those two boom you've got the height of the building the problem was was that a lot of students answered the question differently and even though it was right, it wasn't the question that, that, that they had anticipated. And I think it was marked as wrong. And then, you know, that's why this became a bit of a legend. So some of the ideas were like tying a piece of a string and then lowering the barometer from the roof to the ground. Then you measure the, the length of the string. Right. Boom. You've got the height of the, you've got the height of the building. Someone said drop the barometer off the roof and then measure the time it takes to hit the ground. And again, you'd calculate from using the time, using the acceleration on the gravity principle, and you'd figure out, okay, it took this long to hit the ground. That must mean that this building is X, Y, Z height. And you can get the picture here. You know, someone said, someone even said you could trade the barometer for the correct information of the building with the janitor. Someone said you could use the barometer and knowing the, the height of the barometer, you could just keep going up the stairs of the building and measure the height that way. You get the point. There are lots of different ways to answer the same question. Doesn't mean that they're wrong. Doesn't mean that they're right. That does mean that there are some answers that are better than others and are more suitable than others. And I think where you want to go with sessions like this and questions and answers and, and questions that you want answering is really be specific with what you're trying to achieve, how you're trying to achieve it, your situation, and then ask the question as, as best you can to help you in your situation. Firstly, you're not being selfish when you do that. You're, you're like these, like working through examples is much better than a theoretical. Is five reps better than eight reps? Or is the back squat better than the front squat? Cause it's just not that those aren't questions that are you, that really apply and help like program out a training program because there is no right answer to those questions. Rather, Ask, ask questions that particularly pertain to you in your situation. You know, say I've got, I've got a busted knee. Is it a good idea to back squat even though I don't feel too much pain at the bottom of a back squat? Even if I'm going heavy, is it still a problem? Probably not in that example. And the more specific you can be, the more specific I can be of my answers. And then even, even everyone listening that those answers don't apply to gets to understand the thinking and, and how all of this stuff ties in together. So, yeah, that was my rant. I hope you enjoyed it. Let's get back to some questions. Let's get to the question on the live feed. Mario says, thank you for the time and effort. Thank you for the comment, Mario. says, is it possible to gain muscle in the higher 20 to 30 rep ranges? See, that's not a terrible question at all because I would guess 
that Mario here wants to train and gain as much muscle as he can. And he's considering, okay, I've got a lot of heavy work going on here. Now, I'm, you know, I'm assuming this is the case. Got a lot of heavy work going on here. Am I missing out on some hypertrophy by not doing stuff in the 20 to 30 rep range? Or, you know, is there any use of me doing high high rep work if I want to gain muscle in the 20 to 30 rep range? So they're kind of two different questions that I've just sort of implied from this one question, but here's, this is how I would answer it. So 20 to 30 rep ranges, are you missing out on growth if you only do five to eight or eight to 12 reps per set? I would say probably not. I would say if you're doing most of your work within that, you're going to be fine. Of course, you could experiment with like a training cycle or two with doing a few sets in 15 to 20, and maybe you feel like a big a bit of a pump or you feel some growth or you can see some growth from certain movements. But for the most part, I don't think so. I don't think that matters, particularly for rugby players where most of your work is going to be heavy anyway because that's going to be productive as far as, you know, getting stronger and developing, you know, more athleticism. I do think that that would be, I think it'd be fine to not go as high as 20 to 30 reps. And I think you'd be fine. On the other hand, I see, I do see some case for a, a program that would add in some 20 to 30 rep ranges. If you had the recovery capability, the time and, you know, hypertrophy was your, your, your main goal of this block just to make sure you're ticking the box. Sometimes it would be nice to add in some extra volume and not feel like completely beat up from it. So if you're going, if you're getting 20 to 30 reps, right, in, in at the end of the training, that necessitates that that weight has to be fairly light. And that probably necessitates that that weight or that movement has to be an isolation movement. You're not going to be doing 20 to 30 reps on squats unless that's like the only thing that you do and then you leave the gym and you fucking die. Like, like you're do, like you're not doing 20 30 reps on really tough moves. You're doing 20 30 reps isolation, fairly light lightweight and and you're trying to just get a bit of a pump. I could see a case for that at the end of some workouts or the end of some sessions just to make sure that you've ticked the box of that muscle growth. However, I still think just doing an extra set in a more appropriate rep range for the most part, especially if you're close to or in season, would be a better way to go. You also got to figure that some people, and sometimes this is the case for me, actually get more fatigue from work in the 20 to 30 rep range. That actually beats them up a little bit more because it's, yes, it's lighter weight, but it's a lot more reps for your joints to get through. So that if you've got dodgy knees, like doing 20 to 30 reps on anything, that's going to, you know, it's going to get some good blood flow, but it's going to get a lot of, you know, it's going to beat you up a little bit. It's going to get a lot of grinding of, of of your sore connective tissue or your dodgy connective tissue that you may or may not already have. So it's not like some people always think that like going light is the solution when you've got an injury. More often than not, it's getting fucking stronger. So getting your muscles stronger. So if you've got bad knees, like I'm not afraid of putting, of, giving you five sets of squats or five sets of deadlift to get you stronger to address the imbalances that have made those knees hurt in the first place. So yeah, I'm not sure where else I can go with that 20, 30 rep range question, Mario. If you want to expand on that, let me know. 
Otherwise, I think I've got that. Oh, he does say, is it possible to gain? And it is possible to gain. Yeah, it's possible to gain muscle basically in any rep range. And that's why, for the most part, it's, it. I mean, in the science, it's not a, it's not an adaptation that you can specifically train for as far as that's not the outcome that the body wants. The body doesn't think, there's no reason ever for the body to want to gain muscle other than, okay, I need to build more muscle to get stronger. And that doesn't mean necessarily our definition of strength and fitness where we're talking about like your one rep max. Getting stronger could also mean, you know, hanging onto a rock for longer. And so that might mean that your forearm muscles might need to grow in order to get more strength endurance. Strength endurance is still strength. It's still a reason for the body to try and gain more muscle. Whether that strength endurance then is applicable more to you as a rugby player than it would do a rock climber is a different question. I hope you can't hear the dog going absolutely crazy downstairs. That is highly distracting. And with that, the internet isn't doing great, but we are still going. I've got one more question, I believe. So let me pull it up. Um, Here we go. So Jake says, I'd love to hear your opinion on conjugate training style as a rugby player versus periodization i'm not sure what you mean by versus periodization because conjugate is still a type of periodization like if you if you ever change if you as long as you i mean even if you stick with the exact same method of training all your life that's still periodization to some degree because you're going to change the weights eventually i hope so period you're always using periodization periodization is just having a plan so if you, unless you constantly go in the gym and like, cause even if you're using a, I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess this is the trainers that just do stuff that they don't use periodization that if you just do stuff, maybe, maybe that wouldn't be counted as using periodization. But otherwise the conjugate system is a, is a method of periodization and the conjugate system is, let me, let me not butcher this cause I'm not overly well versed in conjugate in, in the conjugate system. So, I want to make sure I answer this question well. The conjugate. It came up there. Conjugate system. Okay, that's not what I wanted. This is the conjugated system. That's something very different. It's popularized. I know it's, we actually, actually, if you're interested in conjugate, you, you more, what's more appropriate than potentially this answer? I'll give you a, a good, as good an answer as I can. Conjugate training method i'll give you as good an answer as i can but we have previously i remember doing this in the pandemic because the there was a netflix is it netflix or amazon there was a show that came there's a documentary that came out all about west side and so myself and alex got on a call and we recorded about i think it was about an hour's worth of podcast all about west side and the conjugate method why it can work and it's things that hold you back so yeah, I, I think that's the best way to go, get the answer to this question. More, but if we're talking about like the the basic template of of conjugate would be maximum effort upper, maximum effort lower, and then dynamic effort upper, dynamic effort lower, and that would and you would just sort of train. So you, obviously this is for powerlifting, so you would do like really heavy upper session, really heavy lower session, then dynamic upper, dynamic lower, lower as far as speed goes. It's not it's not terrible. 
I also one of the other things that it is really important to know with the conjugate system is that they're constantly rotating their um they're not just their repetition. So like one week you'll go for a three rep max on the heavy day. Another week you'll go for a one rep max. Another week you'll go for a five rep max. You're, they're also rotating their exercise selection. I don't necessarily think that's a terrible idea. I personally don't like it. I like sticking to a certain movement and increasing my efficiency at that and increasing my strength at that and doing that week in, week out for at least six weeks, if not a minimum 12 weeks. And then improving my strength there in doing that rather than doing, you know, kind of going random. Otherwise, as far as going upper, lower, upper, lower, it's not, it's not bad. I, I would steer clear of it in season, in off season, upper, lower is fine. The only problem is, is that if you're going, you know, dynamic effort upper, you're missing out on a lot. I would prefer, you know, and really, I think if you're going dynamic effort, if you're looking to do power, I don't think just doing power for half the week is beneficial. I would like to see power be a little bit more evenly spread throughout the week as I'd like to see strength kind of be evenly spread throughout the week. So the way I like to do stuff is a little bit more DUP. So I like to do stuff as far as like, what are the things that I want to do? Well, I want to increase with a program. So if I want to increase my power and I want to increase my strength, let's let's distribute those things evenly throughout the week as opposed to stack one on one side and one on the other and then as you make adaptations you know it, i like to do that a little bit more of my conditioning rather than with or, and with my overall training load than i do like my specific things on so hopefully that makes sense essentially what i would do is i I'd normally go a little bit heavier at the beginning of the week and a little bit more intensive at the beginning of the week. So I'd like to do my sprints at the beginning of the week, and I like to do my heavy work at the beginning of the week. And I like a little bit of a down period. Then I like my lighter weights, my my heavy, my my longer form of conditioning stuff to be on at the end of the week. Obviously, you can't do that when you're in season. But generally, no, I don't like, like the other thing I don't like about conjugate, and I don't like this the idea of this sort of question, the way this is phrased, or the way I think. Uh, the, the way I'm interpreting it, and if if I'm wrong, like if I've misinterpreted how this question is supposed to be interpreted, then I do apologize. But what what I'm reading from this is someone's doing conjugate as far as they want to be, you know, they're doing that powerlifting program. My, one of my pet peeves at the minute is is stealing powerlifting programs and thinking that's what's going to make you a better rugby player, like. You don't have to ever squat, bench, or deadlift, and you could be the best rugby player you could possibly be as a result. And so, actually, I think that would be the bombshell I would finish on. Much love from all the commenters to the, all the commenters that have commented in Spanish from Argentina. Thank you for supporting the channel. I hope the the captions work well. If you're using translate, if you're watching this in the future, how is the future doing? Have, have we been taken over by AI yet? Why aren't you getting your program done by ChatGBT? If that's not going to happen, then I'd love you to ask a question for me to answer in a future podcast in a future Q&A in March's one, which will go up on the second Friday of March. You can ask those questions in the comments below. I think that will do us. Like Once again, if, you, if you're interested in one-on-one coaching with Rugby Muscle Elite, we are opening the doors for new members as of next week. 
So if you go to rugby-muscle.com forward slash elite, you'll see all the whole process. You'll see exactly what Rugby Muscle Elite entails, how I'm able to help you, how online coaching works. You'll see stories from other rugby players that have gone through online coaching and how it's helped them or how it's worked for them. So you get a bit more of an idea. If that's something that you want to do, just go ahead and fill out that form, apply to join and we'll get on the phone and we'll have a chat and we'll figure out how to nail all of this for you. So you can go into the gym and you can like turn your brain off and not have to worry about whether what you're doing is the right thing. I think that's a big thing people are worried about or people hold people back because they're so like in the back of their head, they're not sure if what they're doing is the right thing. And probably rightly so, because it's probably not, because you're not an expert on this stuff. It's hard to be, I'm like, I'm so stupid in all the other areas because I'm such an, because I'm an expert at this stuff. So you want me to help out? You want to get to the gym and not, and you could go as little as one time a week or two times a week and you can get significantly like better results than what you're getting now. You can feel better about what you're doing, be more productive, all that good stuff rubby-muscle.com forward slash elite if you want to just support the podcast thumbs up comments below and of course if you haven't already hit subscribe oh and give us a five star review on the podcast that always helps out thank you so much for listening and i'll chat to you in the next one